I'm Jenny Scott, and you're listening to episode 25 of the In This Skin podcast. Each week on the show, I invite a guest to share where she is in the journey to being comfortable in her own skin. And our goal is simple, to encourage and inspire you to be comfortable with yourself, understanding that a creative God made you just as you are with a distinct purpose for His kingdom. As I have talked to women in all stages of life, I have learned that loving ourselves, body, personality, and spirit does not come naturally. It takes purpose and intention, and for most of us, it's quite honestly a struggle. But it's a struggle we often deal with silently and alone. That's why I started this podcast, to open the conversation about a topic that we all face and to bring the dark parts of the struggle into the light of God's love. My simple hope for you is that as you listen, something you hear will encourage you to live confidently in the skin you wear and to be full of hope that the God of all love looks at you with delight. My guest for today's show is Megan Taylor. If you don't already follow her on Instagram, you need to go right now and you need to look for her. Her name is All She Wrote Notes on Instagram. And when I say she is a ray of sunshine, y'all, I mean it. She is one of my favorite people to follow there. And now that I've spent some time talking with her one-on-one, I can tell you that she is just like you think she is. She is fun and vivacious and happy, and I just love her. Megan is the founder of All She Wrote Notes, which is a hand lettering company. And while she's trained as a calligrapher, she describes her style as happy hand lettering, which is also the name of her new book that released in August. And y'all, she was in the middle of her book tour when I asked her to be on the show, and she was so kind and gracious to say yes. So please go show her some love by following her on Instagram, buying her book and her products. You are going to love her and her stuff. So here we go. Here is my conversation with Megan. When did you start? Were you one of those girls? Because you're a little younger than I am. Like when I was in school, they taught us penmanship, you know, and we did the cursive handwriting and all of that. Were you one of those who just loved it from the get go? You learned all of that and I did love it. But what's funny is I wasn't like, because I kind of like to do my own thing and kind of go off script. Like I wasn't very good because (laughs) I wasn't following the rules and the directions. And I just always like to kind of make my own spin on it and like make it a little bit more creative. And it's funny that that's what I do now. And, and like all these, um, I've been teaching a lot, especially this last year, and I've been able to go back to my hometown and teach a class. And I actually had some of my middle school teachers and middle school, like, like elementary school principal, like all these people have showed up and came out and they're like, we're not one bit surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know kind of the genesis of All She Wrote Notes. Um, You know, how did you get started? I know that you did not do this full time as your job, you know, for a while. Um, that you had a different full-time job and you you quit to pursue this. So tell me what that journey was like. Yeah, of course. I, like I said, I've just always loved doodling and drawing, but I did this on the side as a business for about two years before taking it full-time. I kind of started on accident. I really had always loved doing this, but never really found a way to make it um, a business or make it a hobby that brought me money. And I was really at the encouragement of some of my girlfriends that I made a set of note cards and took them as a hostess gift for book club. And one of my girlfriends said, Megan, I've never seen calligraphy look so fun. Like, you should do this. You should go for this because it didn't look formal or elegant or fancy. And for the longest time, I thought that I wouldn't be able to be a calligrapher because I thought you had to be those things. And I was comparing 
my work and comparing myself to other artists online who have been doing this for longer and who are much more formal and elegant. And it's so funny because nobody's ever called me elegant a day in my life. Like, <laughs> That's not the word that people use. And I don't know why I thought I had to be that. But once my friends encouraged me just to be me and that it looked fun, like I can do fun. Like I can do colorful. I can do happy. It doesn't have to be fancy to be good. And I really, you know, took that and ran with it and started putting my work out. Um, I started on Etsy and was just doing like one product at a time, just adding things like as I got new ideas or adding things as customers started to request them more and more and I just continued to grow. I started teaching lettering classes very early on in my business. And that was really where my passion lies, like being able to go out and spread happiness through my handwriting and show other people that they are still creative and that they can do these things. And I think as kids, we're all artists. Like, you know, we don't know yet that no one has told us that this isn't good or that isn't the way you do it. And I think as we become adults, we really worry about perfection and worry about getting it exactly right. And my mission and my message is that just that you don't have to make it perfect for it to be good. And there's a lot of beauty in the imperfections. And so I've been teaching now for six years. I've been full time for just over four years um, after leaving, you know, my nine to five job to do this all the time. And I've never looked back. Like I just keep pressing forward. I keep being surprised by what all God just brings me and what all he uses me for. And I just feel that I have open hands and open arms and just excited to welcome whatever the next season might bring. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, I just love following you online because I feel like you bring such an authentic vibrancy. Um, Instagram is where I love to follow you um, to that space. And what you said before, it's not formal. It's approachable. I love the fact that you tell people, hey, just get some Crayola markers and you can do this. Like you don't have to spend a lot of money. It is very approachable, but I just feel like that authenticity is what people need. You know, we, we don't want to feel like we have to be perfect in order to try something and you make it very approachable. So kudos to you for that. So when you decided to quit your nine to five, Megan, um, was there like one moment where you realized, okay, this is it. Or was it a leap of faith? Did you feel the Lord telling you to do it? What was that season like? It was actually at the encouragement of my friends. I I was lucky enough to work alongside my very, very best friend. Um, Some of my favorite friends as coworkers, I really enjoyed my job. And I think a lot of people in the creative space, like cannot wait to leave their nine to five and they're starting something so they can leave. That was not my story at all. I was working for my alma mater. Like I had my dream job and I enjoyed it. I loved it so much. And so my business was just continuing to grow on the side And I had gotten married to Chris, my husband, and I almost never saw him because he worked a third shift. He still does. And so he, we just had opposite schedules. And so just the way it worked with me working all day with a commute to a different office, plus me having the business, we just never, ever crossed paths. And I knew that that wasn't the marriage that I wanted. I knew that wasn't the life I wanted, but I had a lot of fears surrounding taking the business full time. That's a lot of pressure to put on your hobby yeah. and on your creativity. But I really just the encouragement of my friends and my family, they all believed in me. Like before I believed in myself, they were like, I can't believe you haven't already left 
Like, why haven't you done this? And I distinctly remember going on a trip to Charleston and I had a work event one night, which was an alumni event with the university that I worked for. And then I had a lettering class that I had booked in Charleston the following day. And I got to live just two parallel days. One day is if I was working for somebody else. And one day is if I were working just for me. And just the way that I felt like from the moment I woke up in the morning on each of those days was just completely different. And I left that trip coming home knowing that that is a decision that I needed to make. And I was with my best friend and she was just so encouraging to me. And even though it meant leaving her and leaving like, you know, getting to have lunch every day and all these fun memories that we were getting to make she knew that that was what was best for me and I prayed a lot about it my faith has continued to grow and it it was not as strong then even as it is now but I felt God guiding me and leading me and my grandmother was an artist and she was the first artist that I ever knew and I write about her in my book and I remember that I had already written my resignation letter and knew that I was going to turn it in on that Friday like that was going to be the end of the week and I was going to turn that note in and I had a dream the night before of me and my grandmother and we were doing calligraphy together and I woke up just with the happiest tears like it like chokes me up to even tell that story now and it was just the most beautiful assurance that you you are on the right path, like that you are doing the right thing, that we are with you and that you're not alone. And this is exactly where God wants you to be. Oh, that's so beautiful. And how faithful of God to give you that assurance. Like he didn't have to, he could have just asked for your faith, but just to give you that assurance. Oh man. So with that, Megan, I mean, obviously you knew this is what you were supposed to do. You know, you you had that assurance, but have there been any moments since then where you've questioned, like, what have I gotten myself into? Can I succeed? Is this the right path? Or has it been just that, that sense of, no, this is it. I've never looked back and considered going to work for someone else, but the season of pregnancy, like preparing to have a child was very scary for me. And I really, really had a lot of worry and fear about balancing a business and a baby. Yeah. <laughs> and we were pleasantly surprised by pregnancy and motherhood and all of those things. Like, and we love it now, but we were terrified of it. <laughs> yeah. And I really just that whole entire time, I was very sick when I was pregnant. I suffered a lot of prepartum depression, which was just so out of my norm for me. Like I just am usually just so happy go lucky. And just with the sickness and just everything just seemed really, really hard and really heavy. And unfortunately, when you're pregnant, all these other moms feel the need to tell you about how hard motherhood is going to be. Oh, that is so true. I don't know. I think that's so mean and I don't know why, but I have made it my mission, especially with my platforms online to just talk about the good, amazing, awesome parts. And it's not that there aren't hard days. It's not that there aren't hard seasons or or negative minutes or, you know, hard situations, but the good far outweighs the bad. And I did not get that message. And I want to be able to give that message to other people. And you hear like, you just wait, like, oh, you're never going (laughs) to sleep again. You're never going to. And I'm like, you just wait. It's awesome. Like, wait till you get to see your husband become a dad. Like, it's the cutest thing in the world. And wait till he looks up at you or, and then now he's almost three. And it's just like, it just keeps getting better every single day. And I wish that I had that hope during Mm. my pregnancy. I wish that I understood what joy was to come and what, what goodness and what excitement 
that I had to look forward to because I was in such a hard, low place that it seemed insurmountable and it seemed like I was never going to make it through. And my business really, it definitely suffered during maternity leave. Just with my not working, I have the kind of job that I really do need to work to get paid. (laughs) I need to write things for people. I need to go and teach classes. And I don't look back and regret taking that time off, but that was definitely a financial burden on us, like without, without me working for those three months, but we were able to bounce right back. And I really had a lot of fears surrounding coming back from that and taking a break. And all of those fears were unfounded. People were still here (laughs) whenever I got back. And I think that I came back with even an even greater sense of purpose and just understanding that God gave me this business and this baby and that my job was to do both. And, and that both has looked different (laughs) every, every year of his three years. And, you know, we've tried all different things with childcare and all different things with my availability as far as work goes. And now it finally feels like we have that figured out. And this year in business has really been my favorite and just my best. I had a book come out in August and just, just so much of the hard work that I felt like I put in for the past six years, it really seems like it is paying off this year. And I think because I worked so hard and because I struggled and because things were difficult along the way, it makes me appreciate this mountaintop that I feel like I'm on so much more than if I had gone straight to the top at the very beginning. Yeah, I think that's such an important lesson that the hardships really do make you appreciate it. And, you know, when you're going through it, you would give anything for it to stop. You know, you don't want that to be what you're facing, but it really does change your perspective. And even your experience, I've never really even heard of like a prepartum depression, Um, but even your experience with that, I'm sure makes you look at Vance now and just, just relish him, you know, and just appreciate all the good times, just like you said. It's amazing. And, you know, that was something that was undiagnosed for me. That was a battle that I was fighting that we really did not understand until afterwards. And it was like the minute I had him, a switch flipped and like my eyes were open wider and like everything was back to normal and everything was better. And and it just made you realize like, oh my goodness, like that's why this was so hard. Like that's why this was so bad. And it gives me a, a whole nother understanding and appreciation for people that might be walking through a season like that, because I just didn't have answers. And I was very confused that I wasn't waking up happy and excited like like I had my entire life and I'm grateful obviously to be back feeling that way again but that is certainly a battle that is not as easy as as I would have once thought like it, it is so much harder than I ever realized yeah yeah so true so I mean you spend um you know a lot of time with social media, because that is a great way to grow your business. That's how I found out about you and started following you. So how do you determine how much of your personal life, um, you know, the hard things that you might be going through um, that you actually do share on social media? What's the balance there for you? Do you have like a a formula, a test for yourself before you post? Um, You know, how do you determine what to share and what not? I have a mission for my business and a mission for social media as well. And all of that is filtered through the lens of spreading happiness. And so I think that sometimes the internet can be a place where we go to vent or we go to gripe or we go just to air it all out or to tell this hard thing or to to just 
to just kind of put negative out into the world. And, and I feel that my job and my responsibility and especially what I really want to cultivate on my platforms is joy and this positivity and is, is uplifting and encouraging and bright and happy. And I think there's enough negativity out there. And so when I write a post, when I decide to share something about my life, it's all going to have that happiness and it's all going to have that positivity. And it doesn't mean that there aren't hard things. There really aren't a lot <laughs> right now, but I, I work really hard to just give the best that I can because I don't want to bring anyone else down with my mm -hmm. drama or with my heart. And we all have our things, right? And we all have bad days. And I just don't think that that is the place for me to be able to go out and channel that. And so I really do filter you know, our, our life, our, our family, like through that lens and you're never going to find me complaining about motherhood online. And yeah. it's not that I don't have hard days. <laughs> right. Of course. <laughs> but it, I just think that so does everyone else. And there's not a lot of people talking about the good and there is just so much more good than, than there is bad. And I have opened up in these last few months really about my past and about struggles that I went through prior to having a business prior to anyone ever really knowing me online. And that's been a tricky balance for me, just sharing hard things, sharing hard seasons. But because I'm on the other side of it, I'm able to share that with hope and with encouragement that if you are there, that it gets better and that, you know, there is, there is good to come. And I am always, anytime I'm going to share something like that, I really do try to tell you in a, in a positive way and tell you, you know, that there are brighter days ahead. Yeah, I love that, that even though there might be the hardship, there's still hope. You know, you can't take the hope out of the equation. Well, you know, this show is all about being comfortable in your skin. And as an outsider looking at your life, you seem to know exactly who you are and really be content in who God has made you to be, you know, this bright, vivacious personality. Um, and so, I mean, I guess my question is, obviously you're a woman, so you probably still have struggles with insecurity and feeling comfortable with who you are. So, you know, what does that look like when you hear Satan whispering things to you or you're feeling tempted to not be comfortable or whatever? Um, kind of how does that manifest itself in your life? I feel like I have two different insecurities and one of them I have grown out of and I feel great about and the other one still plagues me. And the first one is just being too much, like being me, being loud, being smiley, being positive. Growing up, I was bullied for all of those same characteristics. I had a, I had girls that I thought were my friends that would make fun of me or pick on me or talk about me behind my back. And it mm -hmm. was just such a hard upbringing, like going through that, with yeah. going to school, going to cheerleading, going to all the things. And I had all the things that that you would wish for or that you would want. I was the homecoming queen. I was the captain of the cheerleading squad. But I felt like I did not have friends. Wow. And it was those friends who were standing right next to you were the ones that were throwing insults and saying mean things. And that was just such a hard season to bear. And I got through it. And it was all about the parts of my personality that make me me. And yeah. I went through a season through college and right after college where I really, really dimmed my light. Part of that was a relationship that I was in. Part of that was really just my insecurities coming out. They, It was almost like they didn't like me this way. So let me try to be this way and see if right. this is better. And that wasn't me. <laughs> that wasn't who I was. And it took a long time for me to get back to who I am now. And just the confident version of me, the, the positive, the happy, the energy, the loud, the colorful, 
all the things that I love so much, I felt like I had to bottle up. But now that, especially that I work for myself, I'm able to do a lot of that easier than it was, you know, go having to go to an office. And mm-hmm. I had an employer one time tell me that if I was less happy, that people would take me more seriously. Mm-hmm. And she really was trying to help. Like she was genuinely trying to help me further my career, but that was the worst thing you could have said to me. And I was like, no, like, thankfully at that point in my life, I (laughs) I knew better. Like, no, I'm not going to be less happy for anybody. You need to be more happy. (laughs) Right. That's (laughs) what we don't have enough of in the world. It's so funny that, you know, that was some of the last advice that I got in, in the corporate world. But the biggest the biggest struggle I think I have right now, especially after having a baby, is just body image. Like I'm not thrilled with with my weight. I'm not thrilled with the way that I look, but I have worked hard enough that it's gotten better and I feel more confident. I had really, I won't say let myself go because I thought I was trying really hard. Like after pregnancy, I was still putting on outfits and I was still driving around and teaching these classes, but I look back at photos and I'm like, whoa, girl, (laughs) (laughs) you should have tried a little bit harder. And that's not very kind to myself, but just the smallest things have made a difference for me. Like going and getting my nails done, make me feel more confident. Going and getting my hair highlighted has made me feel more confident. I know that I need to put in more work and effort to exercise and things like that. If I want a different body, like I've realized that I know that I have to eat better, but sometimes just in my life, that is what I let go so that I can work harder. And it's, I made a choice and I am not thrilled with, with exactly my body, the way that I sit in it right now, but I know that I can make a different choice and that that can improve. And so I don't hate it. I don't worry about it every single day, but especially going into the book tour, I knew that I was going to be photographed a lot more. I knew that I was going to be needing to wear dresses and, and just, just, different outfits that aren't as from like flowy and I mean it's 90 degrees you can't really wear jeans <laughs> and a long sleeve t-shirt and so I really did work hard going into that knowing that I needed just just for myself like if I wanted to look better I needed to lose a little bit of weight and I lost about 10 pounds before I did that and I'm so glad I did like looking back mm-hmm. on those photos like I just feel better and I feel more confident but that is certainly something that Satan uses to take a lot of joy away yeah. from me um that can be as simple as like a really big fun launch party day when you go look in a mirror and you think, oh, this doesn't look right or this isn't that or I wish my back roll didn't look like this in <laughs> these photos. There was an opportunity that I got to be on TV and I got to do several different news appearances and most of them I loved and they looked great. And there was one that I just, I hated my outfit. I hated my angle. I hated the way I was turned. I mean, and we're so cruel to ourselves and we pick ourselves apart way more than anybody else like in the world would ever do. And yeah. I feel like that is a constant battle for me, just working through that, like, you know, just trying harder, but, but knowing that like, you're perfect and like, God loves you, like exactly where you are, that if those are any things that you feel like you need to change or you need to work on, that's fine. But that is you. That's not God telling you that you need to be any different. Yeah. I love that, that our self-perception is not his perception of us. Like it's unconditional. He looks at us and he sees beauty. And you know, that doesn't mean he doesn't want us to take care of ourselves and all of that. But like you said, his love is not connected to that. And that's a hard lesson. I think for so many women is we can't fathom an unconditional love. You know, we can't imagine that he would be looking at us and not seeing our back roll or whatever and thinking, (laughs) wow, she needs to work on that. 
but that's not it at all. And I love the fact that you are still this this happy person, like that's legitimately who you are, but that doesn't mean that no, there aren't any insecurities in the background. Um, and I think that's one of the, the things that we can get caught up on with social media and that like, I want my daughter to know is there is always more going on behind the scenes than we realize, you know, yeah. there, there is this public persona that people put out there and it's not necessarily that they're trying to hide something, but we all have stuff. And we've just got to understand that every person we see, every person we encounter, every person we follow on social media still has her stuff, you know, still has those insecurities. Nobody is just, you know, 100% secure in who they are. It's right. just, it's just, we live in a fallen world. Like it's not possible. We do. And I think that is something important to keep in mind for any of us that follow people online is that if someone is using social media for a business, that's their job. I mean, that yeah. is what they do for work. So I get paid to go online and to show up and to put out good content and to like, I get paid to do that. Like I'm not using that like just for fun and for kicks and gigs, like on the side, like yeah. that is my career. And so it, there is a professional aspect that, that we need to do and that we we need to, to work. That's work for me. And so it's fun and I enjoy it and it's a good time, but like you can't compare your dirty house and photos of your kids and pictures of your food and concerts, like whatever you're doing in a regular life when you're just using that platform is just a friend to friend versus what I'm doing as a business and what I'm trying to do as a like as a moneymaker, you know, quite honestly. And and it's sad to look at it that way, but I think it's important to realize the difference between a personal account versus a business account. And it it's not that business accounts aren't authentic and they're genuine and they're because I am a hundred percent, I don't even have another account that I use. Like mm -hmm. this is me. But I, I have to do that through a lens of like, hey, 30,000 people are going to see what I'm about to say. So yeah. let's make sure that that is the best reflection of me, of my family, of my faith, of my business. That's so good. I, I want to play that clip like for every teenage girl who's about to get her first Instagram account. Like you've got to understand, you know, that that for some of these Instagram accounts, like there's a whole photo shoot and like makeup session, you know, like there's all this stuff and it's not just me taking a picture of myself in my den and then posting it. Like there, right. there's a huge difference there. Right. But I think it's one of those things that we have to be educated about and we have to educate the next generation about is to know the difference, to know what goes into it. I'm so glad you said that. I'm having a talk with my girl about that later. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Okay. So let's talk about the season you're coming out of with your book release. I love your book. And then the launch, um, you know, season, the book tour, all of that. Are you just exhausted? Are you worn out? I was really tired yesterday. We just came back from Disneyland. That was kind of our fi final finale celebration. Me and Chris and Vance all went to Disneyland. And I was very tired with the time change and all of that kind of stuff. But I feel great today. I did take the day off yesterday just to kind of unpack suitcases and like get our house back in order. But I feel good. I, my biggest prayer for the, for, for the whole entire trip, I was gone almost two months, but never really more than a week at a time. Like I was gone for three or four days and then I would come home for three or four days and then go back and it was a lot of travel but I prayed for stamina and I prayed yeah. for endurance and I prayed for my voice and so for me that meant like not getting sick not getting a cold not getting a sore throat and kid you not we landed on Tuesday night and I have a sore throat and I oh, like wow. have like 
<laughs> a little bit of congestion. And I'm like, that's fine. Bring it on. You did it. You got you yeah. what I asked for. Like for two months, I did not even have a tickle. And now I do. That's okay. Cause I don't have to like I'm teaching a class tonight, but it's local. It's not a big group. Like I'm okay. And and it was just kind of a funny reminder that God was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I washed my hands of you like a ton of stuff. That's right. Like I did what you asked. Finger expired the day I came home, but um, it's been amazing. And I, I'm, I'm an extrovert, and I love being on stage. I love connecting with people. So I am energized by a crowd. It doesn't drain me to go and do that. It, it does the opposite. And so it takes me a long time to like wind down after I've had an event and I get to meet people in person and hug their neck, and I enjoy that so much the hardest days of the whole entire tour were actually the days in between where I was home and just had to be like a regular mom and like oh man I gotta go pick up Vance like oh like someone's gotta cook dinner tonight and that's me (laughs) (laughs) just like the day-to-day with with an event that night or like with a travel coming up or you know unpacking repacking the the days home were the days I look forward to the most (laughs) but they were actually the toughest days for the whole entire time Yeah, that's so interesting because I'm an introvert. And so it takes a lot for me, you know, to kind of gear myself up. Um, I do some speaking and stuff. And so to to gear myself up for that takes a lot. Um, So, yeah, that's so interesting. I love how people are wired so differently. And so the being home, just being the mom, cooking dinner stuff, that's the part that that wore you out. Oh, it wore me out. I could not. And so it was just so funny because you think like I was doing this, like I was doing this fine, like every day, like until I left. But when you're on the road, like your only responsibility is that performance. Like that's it. Sometimes you might have media interviews. Sometimes you might have appearances or meet and greets, but like everything that you have to do is just walking into a room and like being you and at home like (laughs) there's a lot of stuff I have to do and a lot of stuff that other people need from me that it was just a funny like it was kind of I had a break from it and then I came back to it and was like oh yeah this is hard (laughs) yeah this this real life stuff having to do all the things yeah that's (laughs) tough that's tough Um, Megan, this just popped into my head because I meant to ask it earlier do you have people that help you is this a one-woman show it is a one-woman show, and yeah. I have my child in um, school full-time, so he goes to school Monday through Friday all day, and I get to go pick him up around 4 o'clock, and we just, the party's on, like I'm 100% mom mode at night, yeah. but we've tried different things in different seasons. We've had a babysitter come to the house, and then we've had another person who came, and while he was napping, would help me pack orders, but really, this season of just me being the, the one person has been the best and has been my favorite because especially with me traveling so much like it's just easier just to manage me and I have to write everything anyway (laughs) like all the items have to have my handwriting on them and so it doesn't really help all that much to have an extra set of hands unless um like when Christmas comes around, like that's going to be crazy. And so my mom will come and help. I've got friends who come and, you know, help pitch in and pack orders and get those out. But that's only for a couple of months, like throughout the regular year, it's, it's pretty steady and it's really doable. My customers have just given me so much grace mm-hmm. in these last couple of months, just understanding they follow me, like they knew I was gone. So right. if they placed an order, I was terrified about getting emails. They're like, just wondering if this is shipped and I haven't been here in a week to write it. Yeah. Yeah. 
not get her exhibit. But like I got like one the entire time. And and like I just was so thankful for that because everything was still shipping in like a somewhat timely manner, but Amazon Prime has spoiled us all, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm able to I'm usually a lot faster whenever I'm here than I was able to be when I was traveling. But I even had one customer, she was like, I don't want you to take time away from Vance, like, you know, to get this. I was like, it's fine. He's at school. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, um, I am professional with my business and that like business hours are business hours. And like, we work super hard while I'm up here, but then once it's, done it's done you know and I don't have to come up here on the weekends I don't have to come up here late at night and when when I was trying to piece together part-time child care oh my goodness I was trying to fit it in wherever I could and like that was way harder than than it is right now and so I don't think that it would have been possible for me to do the tour without help like with with him going to school my husband is like an all-star dad like seriously anything I can do he can do like he packs the lunches like he takes fans to school in the morning like with our schedules you know they're so opposite with him on third but he is like a morning rock star and then I pretty much do the night shift and so with me being gone both of our sets of parents really stepped up and pitched in and let Vance spend the night there and so you know just to to have have a place to from school go there and have dinner and go to bed and it we really did have to ask for help a lot and so I think it's one of those things like you can do it all you just need to know that you can't do it by yourself and that you do need to ask for help and so yeah I run the business alone but that's because someone else is watching my kid full time. And so I couldn't be watching him and doing this. And so I think that's another thing. If you're looking at other business owners online, or if you're comparing yourself to other moms who have this on the side, like understand the difference between somebody who like literally has their kid in a pack and play over here (laughs) as they're trying to pack or they're trying to do this during nap time. Like it's totally different. And it's, it's, we've tried it out in all different seasons, but by far this is, this is the easiest. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I'm seeing, of course, your office area in the background. And it made me think, um, one of the, my favorite things that you ever share, like in your, your post or your stories is um, all of the packages that are outside waiting for the milk carrier to come pick them up. That is my favorite thing. Cause I can just imagine their faces when they roll oh. up, like, here we go again. <laughs> We're close. So I, I get that a lot. And, and people always are like, oh my gosh, your male lady hates you. I'm like, no, we're BFFs. <laughs> and I think that I know I would not be able to do this without help from, from her. And yeah. we, like the minute we moved in this house, like I made it my mission to meet her, to get to know her name, to get to know her kids' names, to hug her neck. I go out and greet her. Like if I see her coming and I help her load all those packages, she came to my book launch party. Like Aww. she is mentioned in my book like I am so grateful for her and because you know what like if she had a bad attitude or if she came to work with a chip on her shoulder or she rolled her eyes when she pulled up like that would be a problem but she gets paid for those packages and she is very grateful and we just work really well together and I think if you are a work from home business, the best person you can be kind to or pour into is your is your male people yeah that's so great. But that's just another example of what you were saying just a minute ago. Like it takes a village, you know, oh, it's, yeah. it seems like a one person show, but it's yeah. not. There's so many oh, other people no that way. help. 
And like, yeah. I always like, am good to hire out things that I'm not good at. Like I've had a, my very first hire was a bookkeeper. Like I, I pay her like monthly, you know, to go run through everything and make sure we have money and to make sure that we pay taxes and all those kind of things on time. And yeah. I will get people to help me design stuff like here and there, like, Hey, I need this, this project. Like, can you help me? Like I didn't design my book, like Dayspring, the publisher designed my book. Like I just wrote the book and I wrote, I drew the illustration, but some someone else is putting that together and so while I don't have like a quote-unquote team like that works here in the in the office I'm constantly like you know outsourcing help when it's something that is just above what I can do and do it well yeah and that's so important to realize that you know there are other people who might be better at certain parts of your business than you are and there's no shame (laughs) yeah and faster exactly Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Well, Megan, I have enjoyed this talk so much. Thank you for all that you have shared and for the personal things that you shared about your insecurities and, you know, just kind of growing into yourself. Um, That's really the goal for this whole show is for people to not be afraid to be who they were created to be. You know, like you said, it, it took you a while to come back to her. You know, she was there as a child and then people tried to push her down and, and you've come back. And, you know, that's just the message that I want for all of us is be who we were created to be because that's where the magic happens. You know, that's when yes. we can shine our light in the world. So thank you so much. Thank you, Jenny. I love being on here. You guys, I just love somebody whose authentic desire is to spread joy and happiness, and that is exactly what Megan does. I am so grateful she spent time talking with me about her journey and her struggles and how God's working in her life. So please go check her out at allshewrotenotes.com and on Instagram at allshewrotenotes. And once again, her book is called Happy Hand Lettering, and it's available everywhere. I got mine from Amazon, and I love it. It makes me happy to practice her style of lettering. As you go on about your day today and your week, take some time to think about what Megan said, about how the world needs more joy and happiness. How can you help to spread it? And how can you show some love to yourself as you become more confident in your own skin? That's something to think about. Y'all have a great day and we will see you back here next time.